Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Just before we share today's episode, I want to ask you to sign up to the Let's Talk Loyalty email newsletter. Our email newsletter is by far the best way for us to keep you up to date with all of the latest incredible loyalty stories we're sharing each week. It's also the easiest place for you to find our show notes with links to everything mentioned in all of the episodes. You can sign up at letstalkloyalty.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Loyalty, featuring another much-loved Australian brand, this time in the fast casual dining sector. Grilled opened its doors for the first time in 2004, with the goal of challenging the belief that burgers were bad, and instead creating recipes for burgers that are both guilt-free and delicious. Now, 20 years later, they're continuing to serve these healthy burgers in over 170 restaurants across the country. In 2019, they realized the power of creating a program to show their loyalty to their customers with the launch of the Relish Rewards Program. Joining us today to share the proposition is Jamie Farry, Senior Loyalty and Personalization Manager for Relish which is also now a finalist in the best social CSR initiative in the upcoming Asia-Pacific Loyalty Awards. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So, Jamie Farry, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's been a long-term ambition of mine to you know, be on the show, so very excited to be here today. So thank you. Oh, no problem at all. And actually, I think the timing is probably perfect, Jamie, because I know you guys have just been shortlisted for one of the upcoming Asia-Pacific Loyalty Awards. So anyone on that list is, uh, is more than welcome. So we're very excited to hear about the work you're doing with Grilled. Um, sounds very exciting, the whole proposition, and also very simple. And I think there's a lot of beauty in that simplicity because obviously that's what drives effectiveness. So before we get into talking about Grilled and, of course, Relish, your program, you know we always start this show uh, trying to understand our guests' favorite loyalty program. So let's kick straight off with that one, Jamie. Tell our audience your favorite loyalty program. Yeah, sure. So this is, yeah, a bit of maybe a bit of a she, I don't haven't actually used this program, but um, I really wanted to highlight it and bring it to the show today because um, I recently came across it and just thought it was absolutely amazing. So it's called Kiki World, and mm-hmm. they are a beauty brand, um, beauty mm-hmm. products. And I think where it gets super exciting is they actually launched with one product. And mm-hmm. from there, it's been um, a collaboration with their member base. What colors are they going to release? What products are coming next? They've done some collabs with the with the members to create products. And, um, you know, every time you vote, you get um, points and um, the engagement. And it's, 
to me, that's just next level. And when we think of, you know, next gen loyalty and experiential loyalty, community building, this is, you know, I think going to be a really interesting example of what what's to come. Totally. Wow. It's a fabulous example, Jamie. And and the reason I'm particularly excited about it, I said to you off air, of course, first and foremost, we love new examples uh, because that's one of the incredible things that we get, of course, from recording with somebody like yourself, who's based in a totally different market that I'm certainly not familiar with. Um, But also it won't uh, surprise you, I suppose, to hear that, you know, we talk about community a lot on this podcast, but it's also something that I want to think about for Let's Talk loyalty. So any examples I can get about doing community well, even though that's a consumer example, and of course, we're B2B, but that whole idea about co-creation and bringing people together for a shared passion, uh, a topic that's of interest. Like, I couldn't agree with you more, Jamie, that it is the way of the future. It cuts through so much of the sameness that's out there. And I think when I started in loyalty, I don't know about you, but for me, there was always this, you know, idea that, that there's a lot of jadedness, actually, with some programs and some sectors. You know, there's a lot of things that just have been doing points for years and they've not really evolved. But that kind of thing sounds amazing. So big shout out to Kiki World. Um, I, I, it sounds like it is a, a, an Australian brand itself, Jamie, am I right? Um, I don't actually think it is. I was actually trying to hunt down where they're based. I think it might actually be um, more of an Asia um, uh, startup. So um, I'll definitely try and do okay. some more digging on it. Um, but like I said, I think when you just think of especially audiences like Gen Z and how they're utilizing these new Web3 platforms and things, I think it's um, and plus think of the brand ambassadorship that's you know, creating amongst this fan base and um, really feeling like, I think sometimes with communities, you might feel it's very one way, like no one's talking back to you, but this is very much that kind of two way conversation. So yeah, I'm very excited. I'm also going to do a bit more digging around it. Indeed, I think we all will. So thank you for that. And if anyone from Kiki World happens to hear the show, open invitation. We'd love you to come on and talk to us. So we'll put that on the to-do list. So listen, Jamie, I know you're incredibly passionate about our industry. So share with our audience your journey into the the industry, because I think we all come in kind of sideways. And there's very few people, I think, come out of school going, I'm going to work in loyalty (laughs) marketing. So (laughs) take us through your journey to, to the role you're in today. Yeah, excited to to share, but I think you're right. Like it definitely wasn't a, I'm going to work in loyalty kind of story. So I think I had traditionally, you know, been working in um, hospitality when I was at university studying media and journalism and really didn't know where that future was going to take me. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, But I think, you know, even thinking back right from there, that's really where that customer experience was always there from whatever I was doing Um, and then you know started to move a bit more into events management and um, that was this is back in Scotland where you know where I'm originally from Um, and then when I came across to Australia eight years ago um, was continued in that kind of events space and I think you know was really passionate about that creating experiences for people um, based on their needs and, you know, the excitement and sh- sharing that passion of, on the day of the event and seeing how happy it made them. So, you know, that was kind of where it kicked off. And then it's quite funny. My husband um, is a recruiter. He works in recruitment. And um, one day he got a, a call about a job and he 
showed me the description and he was like, oh, read this. And I was like, oh, this, this is what I've been wanting to do. I just didn't know the name for it. And it was a, an assistant loyalty manager role. And, um, you know, to finally have that light bulb moment of, oh, this is an actual industry and this is an actual job. How lucky are these people that get to officially, you know, work in loyalty? So I applied for the role. And, and like I said, I think all those years of that customer facing and working with customers face to face and creating experiences really just fed into um, how I, you know, sold myself into that role without really that experience of working in loyalty. So that was with um, Nando's over in Australia. And yeah, from there, never, never really looked back, was quickly kind of promoted to head of loyalty there, um, loyalty manager, and I worked on their Perry Perks program, which was just an amazing, amazing program, very passionate about their, their members. And yeah, just really fell in love with the industry. And I think from then, um, you know, what, what started off is that customer experience loving about loyalty the more I actually worked in the field and started learning more about customer behavior and loyalty psychology and learning about yeah. you know, data and insights and really just fell down that rabbit hole um, of creating, you know, driving behavioral experiences. And I think that's now where, you know, my passion over time has evolved. Um, I just love being data driven. So, yeah, a bit of a, you know, different path, I guess. I guess there and always yeah. got to thank my uh, my husband for getting that job called in that day because it you know it changed everything and um yeah I wouldn't look back amazing it sounds like it was absolutely made for you so fair play to hubby for uh, for spotting the opportunity connecting you with that light bulb moment sometimes life is very kind like that huh and it just kind of lands in the in the exact right place perfect for them perfect for you and what a brand to get started Jamie I mean Nando's is incredible Exactly. And I think what excited, which I couldn't also believe at the time was just when I was in the UK, you know, Nando's is so big and I was such a passionate fan of Nando's in the UK. And I remember yeah. calling my friends back home like, oh, my God, I've got give, I've been offered this job at Nando's in Australia. Um, so for me, it, it just couldn't have gone any better. And like for them to be so passionate um, and for me to work there. Yeah, it was it was a very um, amazing experience. I was very grateful. Indeed. Yeah. And I've actually a friend very like you in that way, Jamie, in that uh, she loves Nando's as a restaurant chain. She's also from the UK. Um, And I know it's actually originally a South African brand, but it feels like it seems to have developed both as a product and a proposition with UK consumers, even beyond the South African market. So maybe that's just my outsider perspective. And I don't know about Australia, but for sure, like in the UK, like it's it's more as a it was a very cultural thing in the UK. Like it was just embedded in that uh, youth culture, and not sure how it got there, but it did. And um, you know, it was in Australia is it is different to in the UK, but it's still you know that passion is is definitely still there. So it was very exciting uh, to work. Yeah. And while I was there, we launched into New Zealand as well, which was exciting to to see you know a new market. Um, yeah open up as well. Great. So take us up to date then. Talk to us about Grilled and the role that you're doing there. Yeah. So I mean, I did obviously leave Nando's eventually after um, I think about three years. Um, I did want to, you know, venture off a bit into the world of e-com and, you know, watch across a few e-com brands, but then got the call about this Grilled role. Um, and at first, you know, was a little bit nervous. They are, um, I guess, a little bit of you know competitors there but um 
No, yeah. I think once I really looked into the program a bit more and the roadmap and really what they were trying to, to achieve, um, you know, I was I was really excited about the opportunity and to get back in, you know, into the QSR um, fast casual dining space. It was very competitive in Australia, as you can imagine, because we're a Australia is big, but you know populations are are much smaller than when you're talking about, say, America or whatever. So um, there aren't as many of those chains. So it, it is very, you know, uh, very competitive. So um, and I loved that it was, you know, that high frequency purchase occasion as well. As you know, I love driving that behavior and seeing how you know really pushing frequency there. So um, yeah, the program. I'll just quickly, you know touch base a little yeah. bit on, on what the actual program is. So Grailed itself for, you know, listeners around the world is um, like policy that start a healthy burger chain. Um, mm-hmm. So really created as a differentiator in the market outside of, you know, that kind of greasy burger where you come away feeling a bit crap about yourself and your, you know, your body. So, um, but nothing wrong with, you know, a good tasty burger, but it was really um, to break out of, of that mold. And, uh, you know, it just took off, um, in Australia, it was launched in Melbourne 20 years ago. And um, I think, you know, it's been really special because they are endorsed, you know, we are endorsed by nutritionists and sports people, sports personalities. Um, we just finished a campaign with Ash Barty, former tennis world number one. And, you know, so it's really great to see that top athletes are there enjoying the brand, um, enjoying the, the food because they know, um, you know, it's that nutritional value. So that's kind of where it all started. And it was really founded on being able to connect with local local communities across Australia. And then in 2019, they launched, you know, they launched Relish about five five years ago. So coming up to 20 years with, you know, the brands being around has definitely evolved over, over those years. Um, I'd say if you picture a bit of a, a, you know, for reference, like um, that kind of Nando style where you would go with your friends, go on a date, um, Mm. go with your family at the weekend, um, quite that urban, cool um, kind of vibe that we we would Mm -hmm. go for. Um, and, you know, now obviously a lot of our customers have grown up with us over the 20 years and now they're bringing their families in and things, which is which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Relish um, came out in 2019 and it was very much a dr- to drive um, frequency and to give our customers a platform to connect with their local communities. So basically how Relish works is you go through a cycle called eight and donate. And when you get to your eighth transaction, you get offered a free burger or you can donate that burger. And one of our charity partners will, you know, give that the cost of that burger to to someone doing it tough in your local community and in your local state. So really special. Mm. And I think what I loved about it was that personalization of you can interact with this program how you want, you know, take the burger Mm. that you've earned it, enjoy our product for free. Or, you know, if you do want to pay it forward, um, you know, you can engage that way too. And I think to date we're on about 159,000 burgers donated through the program. So it's actually really special to see so many members engaging and choosing to um choosing to donate so yeah it's definitely um a fun program a fun program to work mm. 
Yeah, I love it. And I think I alluded to the fact that it's the simplicity that really resonated with me, Jamie, when I was looking at Relish, because, you know, eight and donate, honestly, it literally says everything that the member needs to know. Um, it's clear, it's compelling, it's trustworthy, because obviously they know that you can't change that proposition overnight. It's, it's literally baked in. And even, you know, there's, there's other elements within your proposition that I thought were very impressive again with this idea of frequency combined with the integrity of giving back. So, you know, um, the, the birthday piece, uh, chips on the second visit and a drink on the fifth visit. So just in terms of the overall proposition on your website for Relish, there's a lot there that's just, you know, very simple, very compelling and a lot for, I think, particularly new members to look forward to, to, I suppose, really get them engaged from the, from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, with the, you know, the free chips and the free drink, that's really introducing those categories to, to a member as well. That's really going to, you know, might increase their basket size, get them to try, um, get them yeah. to try new products. And um, yeah, like you said, around that frequency, you know, our life cycle then goes really well to say you're one away from your you know, your free chips, you're one away from your free drink, are you now you've unlocked that now now go in and so you're always kind of coming with them on this journey. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you know, we see people go through this again and again, you know, over and over and over because they they just love it. And I think you mentioned the the birthday. Um I think what was really interesting with our birthday offer and I think a lot of listeners might resonate with this, you know, we we had an offer in market and when I joined I kind of questioned, you know, is this really what are we trying to do with the birthday offer past, you know, give value back to the yeah. back to our members and is it really doing what we want it to do? And so, you know, I kind of pitched to the business, let me come in and, you know, do some testing and market with some different offers and see if we can really get a bit more out of this and provide more to the customer. And what we ended up seeing was, you know, tested a few different things and the winning, I guess, um, offer that we ended up revamping the, the program too. We saw, I think it was 56% in redemptions, increase in redemptions. And that was from a free drink on your birthday. You'd get a, an offer for free drink valid for that month. Um, and it was alcohol, non-alcohol. So, you know, the value is there. Okay. Um, yeah. But what we've done is we changed it to free chips every day of your birthday month with the purchase mm-hmm. of it of your favorite burger. And that was across our full chip range. We have zucchini chips, normal chips, sweet potato chips. So, you know, it served a few purposes. Back to that frequency piece again, we saw that people were coming in and redeeming it more than once. Um, Mm. We saw them trying, you know, across the product range and, and, you know, really changing their behavior in, in that category. And mm. just overall engagement, you know, was, was much higher. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's another really nice piece of the program and having the flexibility to, to really, I think it shows the importance as well of A-B testing or, you know, just doing some testing yeah. and um, looking at yeah. your control and really understanding what value your customers are trying to get out of your program. Yeah. And and the timing couldn't be again more perfect, Jamie, because I think you saw on LinkedIn, it was my birthday yesterday. And uh, <laughs> I had a great day, of course, you know, personally on every front. But honestly, professionally, in terms of the, the loyalty benefits that I saw, like I wrote them down. And honestly, it's it's pretty 
it's pretty weak, uh, you know, and, and, you know, perhaps that's my behavior, not engaging with the right programs in this market, but I'm going to do a separate post on LinkedIn actually today about it. So, and I know um, this episode is being released. So anybody who's listening live to this, um, you know, look at Paula's LinkedIn in February and uh, there'll be a bit of a post there about, uh, you know, what's working in birthday treats and rewards for loyalty programs. Because as I said, for me, um, it certainly was underwhelming yesterday. Day, but I love the idea that you're bringing in both the business agenda and the personal agenda. So let me try the zucchini chips. Let me go and experiment with your menu that I might not otherwise have bothered kind of buying in case they're just not that, you know, not to my taste. So uh, yeah, I think that's what the expertise around a loyalty professional is, is combining, again, desired behavior change with business benefits testing things. And obviously you've got the data and stuff to back it up and, uh, and getting people to fall in love with other parts of the grilled menu. Exactly. When, when, when. <laughs> <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. So uh, a clear proposition, as we've talked about a lot in it, um, feels very well thought through. Um, the other piece I wanted to ask you about, Jamie, is I know you've got this, you know, wonderful focus on particularly, I suppose, Gen Z. Um, and I think we're all kind of thinking about how do our loyalty propositions evolve You've mentioned already that Grilled is 20 years old. So what are you noticing about different demographics, Jamie, um, in terms of, you know, what may or may not resonate um, in 2024 versus back in, you know, or 2004 when you guys started? Yeah, I think what's interesting is like because we have been around for 20 years, you know, the, a lot of the customers we have now are that bit older, but when they potentially started engaging with the brand 20 years ago, they would have been the age Gen Z are um, now. Yeah. Um, but obviously now they've grown up with Grilled and like I said, they have their own families and things now. So I think our core audience there with that kind of millennial audience, say it's, it's so strong. They've grew up, you know, seeing us as that challenger brand and, um, have really came on that journey with us and then have been able to join Relish and things. So, But definitely what we see now is, yeah, okay, how do we stay relevant and top of mind to this new um, this new generation that are coming through, especially in, like I say, such a competitive um, yeah. market within QSR. I think it does bode well, you know, eating out. It's a very high frequency thing, but you're, you're not always going to want a burger, right? So it's kind of like, your competitors aren't just other burger chains. It's every other shop on the high street where they're selling food and how are you um, getting in front of the audience? So um, it's definitely something, you know, as a brand that's going to be a massive, is a massive focus and will be a massive focus for us. I'm um, looking mm. at that relish proposition. I th- and, you know, I think there's definitely ticks there, like I said, around um, that emotional piece and, and the, the giving back and, um, really having that higher purpose in, in within the program. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously Gen Z are very cause-driven, but they are still looking for value. Um, they're looking mm. for community. They're looking for content. They want to be part of causes and, you know, they want to connect with like-minded people. So I think for us being just really clear with them what our brand proposition is and, you know, looking at how are we reaching this new audience. And I think a lot of people are going to have to start um, – really you know doing a bit more work on this and I think traditionally you know we, we've had email as king with um with audiences on, on loyalty or in, in a marketing 
Um, but that that channel is just not going to cut through to, you know, a, a Gen Z audience. You know, they are on their phone a lot. So it's really like what other channels are you using within your loyalty program to try and connect with this audience? So if you're not where they are, they're not going to A, be able to find your program or B, interact with your program yeah. if you're just kind of sending them five emails a month trying to, you know, promote your latest campaign. So I think as loyalty, um, you know, as loyalty people, we really have to start thinking outside the box and really understanding this audience and these new channels that are emerging across Web3 and new messaging platforms. And um, otherwise, you know, that there will be brands there that are reaching them where they are and um, they're going to ultimately win that audience over. And I think the other thing with Gen Z is, well, they might not be as brand loyal. I think the brands that they do um, are loyal to, they love. They're very, they're either, you know, love you and they're very passionate and they have that connection or they're yeah. then going to, you know, kind of switch um, and not have much brand loyalty. So I think it's one or the other. Um, yeah. And the yeah. that really play into that love aspect and get, if you, you know, get them to fall in love with your brand. You can go to ask yourself, well, why are they going to fall, like, what is there to fall in love with us about and, and, you know, make sure you're getting that across to them. Totally. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there is this kind of almost like the spectrum and, you know, particularly younger demographics are veering towards either extreme. As you said, they're not just sitting in the middle. They're starting to go, that brand is not something that I I want to identify with. Here's one that is, and I'm absolutely going all in on that. So I'm definitely kind of hearing that and, and feeling that as well. And and I, I saw, I just remember a fabulous um, article as well, just on, you know, obviously as we come to the end of the alphabet with Gen Z, the next one is of course, you know, Generation yeah. Alpha is, is the yeah. name <laughs> But actually, Seth Godin, um, who's my favorite marketeer, I'm sure a lot of the audience know him, but he was like, he he was saying we should go straight to the letter C instead of A, because, you know, we've just come out of COVID. There's, you know, all of the, the eco stuff. So carbon is a really topical piece. And then he talked about community. And I thought, you know what, actually, <laughs> I feel like we should be Gen C as the next one. But anyway, that's just being pedantic about the letters. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've heard it. I've heard them coin Gen Z, uh, Gen Z, sorry, as as well around that COVID piece. But you're right. Like, like we say, it, it's community, it's causes, it's content. Yes. It, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's all there. <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, we definitely missed a mark. <laughs> I love that. Content and causes you've just added in. So I think I'll start campaigning for Jan C to be the (laughs) (laughs) industry terminology. Um, So, yeah, I love that future focus, Jamie. Um, As you said, you know, email may work for, you know, airline loyalty programs or other sectors. But I I, I definitely agree in fast casual dining with a a laser focus on upcoming generations. uh, We all need to be thinking particularly about, you know, for, for me, for example, messaging, you know, the best marketing I see is when I opt in on, on a WhatsApp campaign, for example. And there's a lot of spam there, of course, as well, as we know, like any channel. Um, so definitely has to be done really well. But I think we've seen in more mature markets, you know, the likes of even China, where, you know, WeChat is the platform for everything. And I certainly don't hear anybody talking about email in, in that kind of context. So important to be future proof, I guess, and thinking and evolving along with what consumers where they're going to be exactly and because i think if you if you don't start to prepare and at least think about these other channels and how you would 
mm. if you don't have them, how you could get into them. It, it will creep, it will creep up on you. And I think, like you said, these younger generations, the this digital native kind of group, they are kind of started to hold brands more accountable as well, and really pushing yeah. that whole, well, what's in it for me? Um, you know, they're comfortable giving their data, but they also want to, you know, own that and have control over that. And you know, they're, mm. lot, you know, they're, to put it out there, they're going to be a lot more tech savvy, and um, you yeah. know, than a lot of us that are running programs and a lot of traditional marketers. So I think, yeah, you've really got to. Uh, knuckle down and start doing some research and really understand a lot of these new technologies that are coming out. I think I remember being at a conference, must have been maybe 18 months ago now, and um, it was, you know, about Web3 and it was kind of like show of hands if you think this is just, you know, something to go away and, you know, most of the people in the room had kind of put their hands up. It was a room of, you know, marketers and, and loyalty people and I think it's clear that's not going to happen and I think, you know, people really need to start and even if the company you're in isn't playing in that space, you know, grilled yeah. aren't playing yeah. in that space right now. But I think just to ha- you just need to kind of understand and get a basic understanding of um, what these things mean and how they work. And, you, you know, we're seeing it more and more, that more wide adoption of these platforms across brands. Like, you know, you mentioned Starbucks, like, you know, yeah. Nike, you know, it's going to just, um, that'll trickle down, I think. So, yeah, I'd say as a as a loyalty or, or a marketer, we we definitely have to um, put the effort into you know just to start understanding these things. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, starting to play, starting to experiment, um, and at least prepare ourselves. So when the uh, the explosion happens, it always feels like it happens overnight when it does come. So as you said, we've got to be we've got to be ready to move with the times and make sure that we're staying aligned. So um, so good advice. And where where would you say you look to for that kind of inspiration, Jamie? Um, as you said, Web Web three is um, you know, in in mature markets like the US, I think is the only place I've seen Starbucks doing. Um, those kind of propositions. So, where do you get your inspiration from to uh, to evolve the relish program? Yeah, no, good question. I, you know, to be honest, I get a lot of content from LinkedIn. I think it's um, such a great resource. You know, if you can identify um, key thought leaders in the space, there are people out there just posting unbelievable um, content and really consumable bite size ways you know linking out to other thought leaders sharing you know latest news staying up to date with things so I have found that to be a game changer for me um and especially Mm -hmm. in my network in that area um you know a lot of these speakers will also have you know newsletters to subscribe to and things so I think yeah and you kind of have to take the time to do it's not just something that you can passively just have like you know, so I'll always yeah. try and dedicate um, time during the week, whether I'm commuting or whatever it is, to be, you know, on LinkedIn or reading these, um, the newsletters I get to my inbox. Um, and I don't know what it's like in other parts. You know, Australia, we are very rich with, you know, seminars, like online um, kind of things that you can dial into. And we have some really interesting speakers Um with some really interesting content. So my advice to people wanting to get in and, and, and wanting to start learning is, um, yeah, get on LinkedIn. I, I'm you know, more than happy to share some people that I follow. But, um, yeah, that, mm. for me, that's been the biggest source of um, knowledge. And from there, that's really just expanded my understanding of, uh, of it all. Yeah. 
Amazing. Amazing. So how, how would you, I suppose, summarize how you're doing? Can you share any performance statistics? I know sometimes it can be sensitive, but if, uh, if there's numbers that are publicly available, either on membership or, or even the kind of KPIs that you, you measure, Jamie, would love to get some sense of, of how Relish is doing for, for Grilled. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, can't really, you know, say too much from an actual stats point of view, but, um, I think I mentioned one earlier in terms of like our donations are going really well as part of that aid and donate program, you know, like nearly 160,000. And we see that increasing um, all the time. Um, I think what we're really focused, I've mentioned frequency a few times, like I said, because it is that, you know, that type of market. um, We are always looking at driving frequency. You know, we'll have our very top members you know, some of them are coming every week. It's, you know, they, they, they love coming in. And so I think it's interesting because we really have to focus on that multi-channel approach. So we obviously have physical restaurants, we have online ordering, we have digital at table, we have a web, we have an app. Um, our new app actually just launched yesterday. So I can talk about that, which is really exciting. Yeah. It's still rolled out um, as we speak. So, you know, I think we definitely have that focus on that digital and and multi-channel. And, you know, when you look at the stats and we see like a single channel customer versus, you know, a multi-channel customer, you know, the difference Mm -hmm. in their CLV is is quite crazy. So it's really like, how do we still champion our dining experience, but introduce new incremental occasions Mm -hmm. across whether it's, you know, grill delivery on a Friday night with your family versus your Tuesday lunch in the, um, in the CBD in the office or your Friday night date night. So I think we're also lucky there where we really can drive all these um, dining occasions. Um, we also want to make sure mm. that like that our database and our, our members are engaged. So I, I think it's a really important metric to look at your redemption rates. I think that always gives a really good indication of if, if, you know, if members aren't redeeming your offers, whether it's an ad hoc campaign offer or you're always on lifecycle offers, I think it's a, it's a very strong indication that something's not resonating and they're either you're not reaching that to them enough or, and, you know, reaching the offer to them in the, in the right way or they're just not seeing value in the offer you're giving them. So I think, you know, yeah. really keep an eye on those redemption rates. Like I said, I think people are going through our eight and eight cycle you know, a lot, some people. So it's making sure that there's something there um, to keep them coming back and um, to keep it fresh and exciting for mm-hmm. them. Like I said, it is quite a simple proposition. So we do have to kind of keep them um, mm-hmm. engaged. So yeah, overall, I'd say it's um, the growth or year in your growth. Um, this is, we've had record breaking um, this year across, well, 2023 across all of our metrics, you know, from acquisition, mm-hmm. engagement, um, so yeah, it's been great to obviously be a part of that growth and yeah, I think really starting now to sit down with the business and understand, okay, what's next, you know, what, mm. where do we take relish and it's kind of second phase, bring in mm. more of that, you know, gamification and experiment, uh, experiential and emotional loyalty, all the buzzwords that we hear are getting thrown around, but I think it is actually, you know, it's really important to say, what does that look like for us versus another brand? Um, yeah. you know, to stay competitive in our market and, um, like I said, reach new audiences and, um, yeah, just really take yeah. it, take it to the next level. It'll be exciting to see what we come up with. <laughs> 
Uh, for sure. And and you mentioned the new app, uh, Jamie. It would be remiss if I didn't ask you what 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 did you change? What did you launch yesterday? That sounds like it's always a huge amount of work. Of course, I don't think consumers quite realise uh, what a big deal it is for the brand uh, to relaunch the app. So so tell us, is it a new version or is it totally new? What uh, what did you launch? Yeah, completely new. Start again. Old ones in the bin. So no. Okay. Um, yeah, we. It was. It's been a big, been a big project, and um, you know, again, it was really like looking at our um, old app and hearing the customers and hearing the feedback and um, understanding that we really, if we want, you know, an app to be front and center of our ordering experience and for our members. Um, we really needed to improve the experience and have a foundation where we could really build on and, and, and grow. So it's been a really exciting kind of year getting that um, together. So yesterday was obviously a big day, um, submitting it to the App Store and, and it yeah. going live. And yeah, it's really, like I said, everything's completely different from the look, the feel. Um, it's all about kind of speed and convenience, you know, getting allowing our customers mm-hmm. to order faster, order easier, reorder their favorites. Um, and Relish will be a big part of that as we as we continue to, you know, do feature rollouts. It's really how do we get everyone on the app coming through Relish um, and really, you know, we weren't promoting the app as much previously because we knew it was probably a bit of a subpar experience, but now we can really go hard and grow that channel and, you know, push notifications and in-app. That'll all be really um, exciting channels for us to grow this year as well. Amazing. Amazing. Well, sounds like the future is very bright, Jamie. Um, I'll be very excited to see where all of the, the thinking takes you, whether it's the Web 3.0 or messaging or all of this focus on these uh, emerging demographics. I can see that you're excited for the next phase. And it's really wonderful to, to, to hear that you do have, I suppose, such support from the leadership team there, of course, back five years ago when they, you know, really decided to make that investment in a program and of course continuing to invest bringing you in with all of your expertise to take it uh, to take it forward even to, to new heights so that's all of the questions I have from my side Jamie is there anything else you wanted to mention for our audience before we wrap up um no I mean you know obviously like we're all here we're all loving loyalty I think um I love things like this you know it connects everyone you know the things that you learn and and I think a lot of the time people tend to maybe just look within their category or their vertical for inspiration and what are our competitors doing? Whereas really, you know, you should be looking wider than that. And um, just because no one's doing it in your industry doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be doing it. So I think by sharing ideas and um, sharing, you know, our pain points and whenever I have a conversation with another loyalty um, person, the pain points are, you know, very similar. I think we're all in it together. And, um, you know, there's something definitely to be said around expanding your your network. And, you know, you never know when your, your paths will cross with someone. You, you're never really going to be at the one company forever, realistically. So I think, um, yeah, making it, being able to connect with people all over the world via these, um, these types of podcasts and communities. Like you mentioned community earlier, you know, I think everyone would be very interested and excited in that so yeah love it hit me up if you want to chat 
Wonderful. Well, well, of course, we'll make sure to, to link to your profile, Jamie, on LinkedIn. Um, we'll put that in our show notes, of course, for this episode. Or if anybody wants to reach out to us to connect them to you, um, you very generously said that you would happy, happily connect with anyone in our community. So that's a really exciting opportunity, as you said, to, to share global learnings, regardless of the sector. We don't need to be, I think, overly concerned because strategy is one thing, but it's all about the, the operational excellence. So indeed, uh, the more we can support each other, the better. So, um, so listen, it's been an absolute joy, Jamie. Uh, congrats on the new app launch. Congrats on all of the growth. And of course, good luck in the upcoming Asia Pacific Loyalty Awards. Uh, it's a very exciting time, I think, overall for loyalty in Australia. So I just want to say a huge thank you, Jamie Farry, Senior Loyalty and Personalization Manager with Grilled. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Oh, amazing. Thanks so much, Paula. It's been a pleasure. The Australian Loyalty Association is proud to bring you the Asia-Pacific Loyalty Awards. To celebrate excellence, innovation and best practice in the thriving loyalty industry across the region. Tickets are now available for the awards gala event taking place on the 14th of March, 2024, at the Glasshouse, Melbourne, Australia. Book your tickets or table at AustralianLoyaltyAssociation.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.